Hello and welcome to another episode of Shedcast with Brian O'Sullivan. This is Putting It Together Brings You Shedcast. It's the official podcast of the Shedinburgh Fringe Festival. How are you? I hope you're well. It's September. Uh, we're into the last week of uh, Shedinburgh Fringe. Sad times, but uh, it's not over yet. There's tremendous stuff coming up. Today, my guest is Sean Mahoney, whose performance last night, Back of the Head with a Brick, uh, a spoken word poetry um, storytelling event, let's say, um, we got to watch last night. And it was lovely to have a wee chat to him about kind of where that came from. And I mean, he started up as a, uh, started off as a, as a stand-up comic, so... Um, to to hear that that progression um, is really interesting, and you know the, I think we we obviously think of these things as being related, but they are so different. And I suppose it's interesting to see where where are the lines and the blurred lines between solo theatre performance, performance art, comedy, stand up comedy, poetry, spoken word. You know, they all look very similar. Uh, you know, physically and as a person in a space. Um, and yet they're so different. And I'm always interested in how people process their life. And if they do that through their work, I mean, not everybody does. And a lot of people, when I ask that question, say, well, it's not therapy. Um, and that's fine, you know. And I'm, I'm interested to know how much of your work, especially when it's solo and autobiographical, how much of it is about telling us your experience for, for, for our benefit, but then how much of it is about you uh, processing your own experience through the telling, you know. That's what I'm interested in. Um, that's one of the things I'm interested in. So that's one of the things, of course, I'll ask Sean. And I, I keep asking people because we're in a unique position right now where we're looking at a lot of solo work just because of the nature of the shed, the size of it, the pandemic. You know, solo work is going to be going forward probably more viable. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, these are the questions I want to ask. Um, what is it for? You know, I'm so excited about that. And, um, yeah, it was cool to talk to Sean. He talked about growing up in London as well and how he said you kind of have to keep keep your chin up. Well, you have to keep your head down, but you have to keep your chin up in a kind of a, you've got to see the good, otherwise it'll drag you down, which I thought was really a fascinating way of looking at it. Um, especially in London, because I think we all know, even if we don't live there, what that place is like, what any major capital city is like where, you know, it's a hub of, of arts and finance and all the other things, business, you know, it can be it can be huge and terrifying and expensive and, and, and it can really take its toll on you. So I thought that was an interesting angle to, to be talking about as well. Um, so tonight we're going to see Jack Rook, who is inviting us to cheer the fuck up, which I'm very glad to hear about, and uh, he'll be on the show tomorrow. Um it's, it's it's listed as a reading slash in conversation, so he has a guest as well, which is exciting, and it's talking about mental health and the fringe, which I'm all for, as you can imagine. Uh, we talk about mental health a lot on this show. We talked about it today with Sean, which is coming up, um, and I'm absolutely keen to be talking about that as much as possible, because um, I think the fringe is is wonderful, and I think a lot of the a lot of the work I do has a similar quality, which is. You work very hard, you work long hours, you kind of run yourself into the ground, but you love it. And there's a there's a buzz that comes from that. I certainly get that with uh, playing music as well. You know, I'd rather play for 10 hours than 2 hours because there's something you sort of pass through a, a pain barrier, or there's a wall or something, and when you get beyond it, you're tired, you're giddy, you're delirious, but you the, 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 the joy is there. Um, the zone, you know. And I think we're all playing with those lines all the time as artists and 
the, the nature of, not just the nature of the work we make, but the nature of the actual working conditions. Um, and sometimes I wonder if, you know, if we regulated it even more, you know, in terms of like working hours or rest time or something, you know, the fringe doesn't have any of those. It's all up to the individuals, um, unless there's a company involved producing the show. Um, you can work as many hours as you want. You can stay up as late as you want. You can do as many different shows or projects as as, as you like. Um, and I often wonder if we regulated that more, yes, it would be beneficial. I mean, obviously it would be beneficial, but would it... Uh, would we lose some of that, I don't know, that spark, that zing, getting into the zone thing? Does the does the zone require us to be in a certain frame of mind, uh, which can be brought on by, for me, now this is just personal and it's not a, it's not a manifesto, but for me that can be brought on by, by fatigue <laughs> and, uh, you know, intense concentration over a really long period of time. Um, Anyway, that's, you know, for me, that's an interesting mental health conversation because we can't do that to the detriment of our mental health, of course. Um, But we're playing with that, or I'm playing with that all the time on the the edges of, you know, uh, good mental health and and less good um, in order to get into that zone, in order to produce the the quality of work that I want to. Um, I don't know. And I don't know if we're just, if we're just used to it because... In our business, you don't get, um, there's no time to, to stop and have that rest or, you know, because we're, if we don't work, we don't get paid. So we just keep going. And have we just become used to that? And is that we think that's the only way to be inspired and creative. Um, and then there's the whole question of, of you know, we, we've we often look up, looked up to artists who are kind of fucked up, like um, addicts and, and, you know, maniacs really and um sometimes that's held as a kind of a a bastion of of high creativity um which is obviously dangerous anyway i don't know what what brought me into this but i'm fascinated to hear more from jack rook about mental health and the fringe and to talk to him about it and to to be invited by him to cheer the fuck up which you are too at 7 30 tonight you can still get your tickets at shedinburgh.com and just click tickets underneath any act that you want to support uh so Today, I'm going to talk to Sean Mahoney, and uh, let's get on with it. He's here, he's with me, and we are putting it together. Yeah, I'm, I'm Mahoney. I am. I'm Mahoney. I, I want to... I, I could be Mahoney for you, Brian. Because um, <laughs> I, I think I might have trailed you as Mahoney the other day because my people are from Donegal Town and I think we'd be... I think you'd be Mahoney if we were there. I, I feel like I... Sh- I feel like I should have been Mahoney. Uh, Nick Kassenbaum, another performer, mm-hmm. is convinced that my family took the soup. Um, <laughs> that whole thing about they took they must have taken the soup when they came off a boat or something. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure, right, okay. but, but you, as far I've as you're concerned, been, you're Mahoney. Yeah, so I'm Mahoney. All I know is Mahoney. But <laughs> okay. I, I, I've got love for Mahoney. But um, cool, cool. Yeah, I think I'm Mahoney. Yeah. So where did you start out with this kind of poetry, spoken word stuff? How did it begin for you? Um, I'm not sure. Like I started off doing stand up first. Like I first started off doing stand up comedy, and I had all these like um. I don't know like it was a girl some girl like loved leonard cohen and just like loved um uh ee e. cummings and 
all these like stuff and i remember really liking her and just trying to write a bunch of poems to uh. <laughs> that was it that was it long time ago uh and she got me into it you know what i mean and she right. was like into loads she was really into like the smiths and like all the i know he's not cool anymore but like i remember listening to and then i was really into like neil young and dizzy rascal yeah i listened to a lot of the black album by like music like lyrics were a huge part of my life so and i never ever thought have ever wanted to be a rapper so i guess it's like i just like expressing myself so yeah. it, i just wound up doing that and i signed up for a course at the roundhouse back in 2010 uh run by stephen camden who goes by polar bear right and i would go for 10 weeks and then it got extended for another 10 weeks and it was like me and like 10 other people and we just all like fell in love with each other wow. and wrote a lot and it was great that sounds amazing was it pretty intense then yeah it'd be on like saturday it'd be a saturday morning so it was always that we were all like sacrificing our saturday mornings right um commitment big commitment yeah it was it was a commitment and there was like there was like a mate of mine that i knew from outside from like the real world and we we pretended that we didn't really know each other like i only knew her from house parties and we didn't even talk much okay so there was this thing of me we made eye contact with each other and be like let's just act like we neither of us are here right yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um but no it was great uh polar bear he's done a lot of um he's done a lot of shows that were very inspirational to me and is now like a young adult novelist but he never really um like he taught us but it was more just about like getting us to write and hang out yeah and then i've realized that there's a whole spoken words scene as much as there is a comedy scene but it's more open mics i realized there's no real career in spoken word it's more about just going to nights and sharing which is a bit of a weird one because i stopped doing comedy and started doing spoken word right and i'm now doing theater because it's like that's the logical progression really if you do spoken word for long enough right to put those spoken word into theater shows yeah right okay okay and were you doing comedy in a sort of a career sense at the time yeah yeah that was it i was like you know that was that was my i was like i remember turning 21 i'm like i'm gonna be a comedian that Mm. was it that's what I wanted to do. And I remember like getting further along in my poetry career, but still having like 20 minutes of stand up. And I would get booked for like a 15 minute poetry set and not have enough poems. So I would do all these like really worthy, why you know, sad poems <laughs> interspersed with very like uh irreverent comedy. <laughs> Just to fill so the time, like, yeah. Yeah, I do this like, really sad poem, but like, so who's who's been to Nando's? You know what I mean? Just trying to like, run up the clock. Hey, relatable. Who's been to Nando's? Yeah. Anyway. anyway so you're I'm about to do the show in the shed. I mean, is this a show that you've done before? Is it one that's in your kind of canon? Yeah, it's um, it's it's a weird one. It's called it's called Back of the Head with a Brick, and I I performed it just to be performed. Like I imagine it being. So I'm a big fan of like rap music and but not just rap music like the careers of rappers you know Mm -hmm. and um a lot of rappers would have this thing where they would have their album their studio album and then their mixtape which was like the free thing that they would do and they'd rap over other people's beats so it wouldn't get sold but it was almost a way of letting people know you're still relevant and and it a lot of the time the mixtape would be more fun and free-flowing and a lot of the time better Mm -hmm. than the album and I really wanted Back of the Head with a Brick to this show to be like my mixtape oh, of a cool. show where it's just just me chatting for an hour, not caring about what anyone thinks. I called it Back of the Head with a Brick because I'm like, let me try and because like I write with a lot of conscience, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I get worried I can be too worthy or too this, too that. I had a lot of stuff in my head at the time. This mm-hmm. is back in like 2017 when I first wrote it. 
And I remember like just going, no, no, let's strip all that. Like write something about stuff that like scares you or that you're scared to say out loud. Um, and that's what this show is kind of. Um, so I've, but I've only performed it a few times. Like I took it to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival last year and I did it for only like six days. Right. It's very much something that's never had a director. It's uh, Strike a Light have come on board when they saw it at the Fringe mm -hmm. and they got a director on board and they decided to produce it and it got booked for a three-week run at the BAC in June mm -hmm. of this year. So obviously it didn't happen. Uh. Uh, so it's a show that has never really... It's had a lot of dramaturgical work by Bipolar Bear actually and by Grace Gummer mm -hmm. and Strike a Light came on board. But it's always kind of, to be honest with you, it's always kind of been like a show that I write in my room, I talk out loud in my room, and then I go on stage and I do it. And it's just, it, it's a really unique thing. Like my last show was very, very directed and mm. everything was staged meticulously, you know? And like, I had to like, even for the show, I felt self-conscious about my weight because I'm like, it's about boxing and I had to like stay trim and I had to cut my hair and you can't see me now, but I've got like a beard, I've got long hair. I, it was almost like, let me do something where I can just be myself. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. So I suppose it is a, the mixtape in that sense because it's more just like, I guess, rough around the edges or something. Yeah, like I originally wrote it because this... um this like venue in Kilburn where I kind of like I grew up in West Hampstead but I spent a lot of time in Kilburn mm -hmm. they're very close together but I feel like there are party lines you know so okay. but this place in Kilburn got um was gonna get shut down called the good ship and I wanted to like do a night there you know I'm like no nah, no nah. like so I booked the room and I spent about a month writing the first draft just to like write something about how much I love London mm -hmm. I'm a Londoner you know like yeah, yeah. I just wanted to write about london you know and how much it meant to me and uh so that's why i first wrote it to only ever be performed once and then i realized that's ridiculous i've got an hour's worth of material <laughs> like what am i doing yeah uh, but i wrote it to be performed once which allowed me to write something a little bit more different you know yeah yeah and what about i mean you do a lot of live performance obviously do you ever record or release stuff for download that type of thing yeah, yeah, I've um I've got loads of stuff actually recorded. I, I um last year I put out a like a, a semi sort of musical spoken words thing, a bit of a bucket list mm -hmm. uh, type uh, project, and I had to and I do a lot of like stuff on SoundCloud where I, I do stuff like this really where like I was recording interviews with people, and mm -hmm. SoundCloud were like you can only have a certain amount of um hours on soundcloud so you have to pay for a premium account yeah yeah so i started like going well let me pay premium and i started making loads of work so i've got tons of work on my soundcloud and since the lockdown i've become a bit obsessed with it like i've got um uh, about an hour's worth of new material on soundcloud that i've actually spent quite a lot of time on uh with this like story about um being on the underground and um yeah it's quite cool Cool. So what what were you like as a kid then to, to come up through comedy to then go to spoken word? It's quite an interesting journey, I think. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, it's all from boxing. I grew up as a boxer. Right. And I did a lot of, like, youth theatre stuff. And it was all, like, my sister did drama. And me and my sister, like, are a year apart. My parents are like, look, you're going drama you're doing drama like my sister did a lot of boxing so I look he's going but they you know just have to deal with both of us at the same time mm -hmm. you know uh, but I really got into like youth theater stuff you know I've never been a big like I don't know I, I like the I like the freedom um of it um yeah so you so acted in plays and things when you were a kid you mean yeah but like it was never like a play play you know what I mean it was always like all right think of something oh, okay. you know in two weeks and present it and your parents are gonna watch you did it at <laughs> yeah. whack 
this place in Belsize Park, uh, Weekend Arts Centre. Yeah. And one of the kids' dads was Lee Dixon, and that was a really big deal, doing <laughs> like a dumb comedy sketch in front of Lee Dixon. That's still a highlight. <laughs> so not like doing My Fair Lady in Oklahoma and stuff then? Yeah, very, yeah, no, it was exactly, it was never, it, no, no, we never did a pre- professional production, you know, it was always a dumb sketch that we would think of. Right, yeah. So I did a lot of like, and I remember like writing a lot of scripts and a lot of like short films or short plays for my mates, but like, uh, not, not, not to be, and I did a lot of comedy sketches with my best friend, but I remember realizing that like, I take it a lot, I, I just took it really seriously. It was always something that I really wanted to do. Even when I was doing boxing, in the back of my head, I was like, this is what I really enjoy and this is what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. So I started doing stand-up because I'm like, I can depend on myself. You know, like, I if I flop, I flop. If I'm late, I'm late. I'm, I'm not letting anyone down. I'm not being let down. I'm yeah. not getting hurt by mates that can't do it or drop out. So it's just me, just me, just me, just me. And that's how I operate to the point where it's become a bit of a hindrance. You know, like... Like my last two shows to the fringe, I produced on my own. Right. And like okay. took up on my own. And then all the money goes to me, but I'm stressed out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but no, so I, I just, I, I just love the, the freedom of, of, of that stuff. You know, like I was a pretty normal, I think I was normal. I kept my head down in school and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wasn't very smart. Like I, I flopped. I did, I did B-Tech drama because uh, I couldn't do anything else. I wanted to do history or something, but yeah, uh, I didn't do very well on my GCSEs. But yeah, I, I was a bit of a weirdo, but I hid it, you know? Yes, yeah. I guess that I did the same, actually. Like, I was very different yeah. from other kids, but my my big thing was just trying to not let on, you know, just for my oh own my safety. God, yeah. Survival. Survival, exactly, you know? yeah. So if you're yeah. saying about, you know, being sort of a lone wolf in terms of performance and stuff, does that come out of a place of having been let down by people? Oh my god! All right. <laughs> okay. All right. I like that. I like that. You get. You, we're, we're really talking. Um, <laughs> well, like I had a, I have a best friend who I did comedy sketches with before I even did stand up. I was like seventeen. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I go boxing. But then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I was dragging my best mate to do comedy sketches and comedy clubs. And right. we were so young. Okay. And he just never really enjoyed it. But like, um. I remember like we were good. We were funny, you know, and we got picked up by something and he got cold feet and dropped out. Uh, and that really, I was like, man, like if I can't do it with my best friend, I'll just do it alone, you know? I um, see. But I definitely, like I still have moments of like imagining me and him being like just comedy guys that make people laugh. And I'm like, man, that could have been, that yeah. could have been me and Jade, you know? Um, but he's happy. He's got a kid, so <laughs> he's happy. Yeah. Um, he's made the right decisions. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So like, I think I think it came from that and I still last year I got asked to do a project by the Lyric in Hammersmith and I worked with a lot of young people and uh that had a proper director I had a proper director for other shows but this had like a director uh, an assistant director a proper producer a stage manager a a props designer you know like yeah yeah and I felt like a cog and it felt so good you know like and it felt so good to like write something and have people take their own interpretations like more and more and more I want to be part of a system that like works you know yes and, uh, I love so, being like, a I cog what's that I yeah, love I just to want be, a to be a cog yeah, yeah. what better life is that man just just cogging it <laughs> cogging it up but then yeah. occasionally it's good to have a mix I think sometimes it's good to be just autonomous auteur and then sometimes other times you do the cog thing you know completely completely yeah so what kind of artists do you do you listen to then in your sort of day-to-day if you're on the tube or something what are you, what are you listening to oh man um such a good question uh ross sutherland yeah 
I love I love Ross Sutherland. Um, I love Ariana Grande. Yeah. Um, this, there's this K-pop group called Red Velvet. K-pop, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like K-pop, KR&B, but they like drown out any thought. <laughs> like <laughs> That's they what just we want. are so loud and so happy all the time i'm like man i can't even stress um <laughs> like they're just and i don't know what they're ch- chatting about you know um yeah yeah that's not important uh, oh, so, so, so. uh rahila suleiman who is um got this project on Bandcamp called plant healer uh, which is incredible and that's like spoken word but like rap with these like beautiful beats you know like they're, they're, there's like jay diller-esque lo-fi beats to study to type beats that she makes herself right um kareem parkins brown and then zia ahmed is one of my best friends he's got like a project out so i like to listen to like my mate's stuff actually i'm using this as an opportunity to plug my mate's <laughs> work you um, just go ahead that's wonderful <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like I like to listen to stuff like that, and and obviously rap. Like I love southern rap music. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, like Scarface. Scarface is like the the mental health pioneer of rap. He was rapping about depression in like the nineties. You know, Amazing. I sit in this four cornered room staring at candles. Yeah, like I love I love that stuff so much. Instead of rapping about guns and he also stuff. raps a lot about guns. Well, he he like, does the he guns raps too. A lot. He raps a lot about guns. Covering but all the like, bases. Yeah, he covers all the bases and he raps about the mental health issues and the guns in the same breath. It's not like he's got a gun song and a mental health song. It's very... And they're not, they are, you know, (laughs) there are links. (laughs) Well, there definitely are, yeah. I suppose some people would see the links as being different to other people would see them. Yeah, true, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he he makes all of them, you know, and he deals with paranoia. He deals with with everything. I I, I love Scarface. I love Scarface. That sounds amazing. Does does mental health feature in your work? Yeah, massively. I, mm-hmm. I, it's um, like back of the head with a brick was. It, oh, I, I can't stop writing it. Like I keep writing it. I keep adding. I keep taking away. And I've realized like, I've had to let go of like understanding that I can't say everything. Like I want to write about fashion, uh, like, and how you. Could, I, I want to write about keeping your head down. You know, like what we mm-hmm. talk about in school, how safe it is, how to open yourself up to the world, how scary that is, and how some people don't get that. You know, and um, yeah, I don't know. Like I. I, I I constantly write about mental health, but I try to do it in the way Scarface does. You know, I try and write about it in a way that's like a part of life and not like this separate thing. Um, right, it's really, it's really true. Like everything's mental health, right? Everything. Everything's about is, mental yeah. health, you know? Like, so back there with the brick, I'm talking about, you know, just like buying fast food. I talk about like, like I do visit uh, my cousin, like I talk about visiting my cousin who'd been sectioned and I talk about, uh, in back of the brick, I talk about a friend who killed themselves, but I yeah. don't, it's just about like, going to a posh cafe feeling like you can't afford it and then going to an open mic night and like feeling good and seeing like a mouse like on a train platform like stuff like that that's that for me talks more about mental health than anything about like my cousin or about toby or about anyone else because like that's the stuff that like gives you life you know what i mean i'm like i'm always trying to find like good things in you have to when when you grow up in london you know you just got to keep finding like the 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 bumps you know what i mean yeah, it's like riding the wave, I guess, isn't it? And then yeah. the, the stuff that you, those little things, like the thing that you say about the calf and you can't afford it or something, those little feelings are the yeah. things that make up the bigger picture of your mental health. Yeah, uh, like completely, completely. Like it, it, it's, yeah. And you have to keep working. You have to keep seeing the good things all the time. Yeah. Is it is your work a way of you processing some of that stuff for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Like, so this show is like my, um like everything else I've written, 
so what I'll say about this is like the way I, I allowed myself to write so much about this is when people go like, what's your show about, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always find it hard to say what Back of the Head with the Bricks about. I'm like, oh, it's about going up a hill and my dad and it's about this and about that. But really it's about me. This is a show about me. And it sounds weird to say because it makes me sound like a right dickhead you know what i mean like but it's not like it's not a dickhead thing to say but like it's a solo isn't it i mean that's yeah it's a solo like why why am i hiding that you know like Mm -hmm. it's about my life you know so um and i thought well if i'm gonna do that let's really dig in um so i i do talk about like a lot of things that i've got like thoughts in the show that aren't nice you know what i mean i've got thoughts that don't make me look like a good person and i think i don't know that's that's good to do, to write, you know? Because yeah. then you feel guilty when you have a bad thought. And it's like, oh, I watch an hour-long show and they didn't have one bad thought. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, they must be great. I'm all right, you know? Um, yeah, like, we think we're terminally unique. We're the only people that have terrible yeah, thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's wrong with me? It's like, no, like, who doesn't want to, like, kick a kid? You know what I mean? Like, I don't talk about <laughs> kicking a kid, but dumb kids kick you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but those intrusive thoughts that just fly across your head. Yeah, you yeah, like, I didn't want often. that thought. I'm not, no. like, planning on kicking this kid, but for a moment, I was like, <laughs> what a kid, that scooter, like, get off. It's like when you walk across a bridge and you, you automatically yeah. think about, oh, what if I just jumped? Yeah, you just know. jump. Something Everyone like, has that jump. little... Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, that's kind of, that really, that's kind of what the show is actually about. We, we got right. Um, wow. And how do you think yeah. it will translate in terms of doing it for cameras? No idea, man. Like, I, like I, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, I've just been like walking around my house and parks for like the last two days, saying the show over and over again. And mm-hmm. sometimes I say it and I say it so slow and sometimes I say it, I say it so fast and I try to hit the beats and make it mean something. But yeah. doing it in this shed, it's just me talking and like i uh, i'm excited because i get to feel like ronnie corbett you know uh, <laughs> everyone wants runs. that yeah who, who doesn't want to feel like ronnie corbett you know <laughs> that's like a dream yeah um yeah <laughs> so i'm like a tall ronnie corbett um <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the big chair it would exactly. look so big I, oh man i need I, I need to ask them like get me the biggest i want a chair that fills up the shed um, <laughs> and some of those big glasses yeah yeah oh please and a jumper i haven't got a jumper um, oh you need a knitted jumper for sure yeah Paisley. definitely definitely i need to reclaim it uh, <laughs> but listen it's so brilliant to talk to you i'm really excited to see the show as well uh, i i genuinely it's really nice chatting to you and i really hope you like it. i hope people like it you know like some mates have bought tickets but a lot of people haven't i've yeah. sold enough to sell out like one show at the fringe you know like i've sold about 50 tickets well, I don't know actually at this point. Like, no, well, let, I mean, I go on, but yeah, of course. But it feels weird going, Oh, this is a packed house. I've got a packed house, you know? Yeah, That's I suppose it's the equivalent of, yeah, if you were mm. in a, a normal fringe venue. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's people that maybe couldn't come to the fringe that might be in other parts of the world that might not have been there otherwise, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're reaching yeah. a different audience. It's tremendous. Um, yeah, it's exciting. I definitely know some people that have got tickets that wouldn't go to the fringe. You know what I mean? That's like, great. You know, so yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny one. It's been. Yeah, it's. It, I I feel very very lucky to have been asked to have done this. Like, yeah, um, yeah, it means a lot. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I'll let you get on and do your shed thing. Thank you so much for chatting to me, Sean. Yeah, cheers, Brian. Thank you, mate. There we go, Sean Mahoney. Food for thought, indeed. So lovely to talk to him. Um, and about so many different topics really um i really enjoyed watching the show as well uh, it's interesting how well this goes without saying i suppose but how each show has such a different 
energy. Um, and I'm always noting how much of the energy of the the performer do we see in the interview? How different is that energy when we see it in the performance? I don't have any answers for these questions. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, it's just I'm just noting it and just going, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, so yeah, it was cool to talk to to Sean. And as you know, I'm talking to the the performers before they go on stage, but you're hearing it after they go on stage. I mean, in an ideal world, perhaps that would be different, but it does give a, a, an interesting edge to it. So I'm having these conversations, and then I get to go and watch the show, which is amazing um i'm really enjoying so onwards tonight remember jack rook invites you to cheer the fuck up and that's at 7 30 you hear that my neighbor's got a motorbike um i want to go on it actually i keep meaning to ask him jack rook invites you to cheer the fuck up at 7 30 tonight you can get your tickets at shedinburgh.com remember to follow shedinburgh fest to hashtag all your tweets with shedinburgh and to follow Pit CC Pod for all your information about this podcast. This podcast has been running for nearly three years. An episode every week normally, although at the moment we're doing an episode every day. And they're normally an hour long, long form interviews with actors, writers, musicians, designers, all the rest of it. And it's all available at Putting It Together, wherever you get your podcasts. Now if you'd like to support the show financially, you can do that for a very small price and it makes a massive difference. Thanks to these people who are already doing that. If you want to join them and be a patron of the show, you go to puttingittogethercast.com and click the yellow donate button. Just go to the main website of the show, that's puttingittogethercast.com, look for donate, click it, follow the prompts, you're on PayPal and it's dead simple. Very much appreciated all those who have become, all those who have become patrons of the show. Uh, it's great and it's building and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, I'll leave you alone now and make sure you go and get your tickets now for half past seven tonight. And uh, thanks very much for listening and supporting the show. The numbers have been amazing and I'm delighted about that. So um, have a beautiful day. Be kind and wear a mask. And uh, cheerio now.